Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I wanted to talk tonight about continuing on what we're doing for this month. Um, I feel that I haven't seen such momentum in a group of people in, in my life. And so I just, I wanted to breathe on this momentum of the identification of, um, of maybe the reason why we've struggled in the past. You know, I don't, I don't personally, I say it all the time. I don't personally spend a lot of time thinking about the enemy. I would, I will say my personal spiritual warfare is, um, is knowing that whatever I bind on earth has to be something that's already bound in heaven. And my second, I think, level of spiritual warfare is knowing that I can live as though I've never sinned, yes. that I have that permission. Yes. And so I don't allow, um, I was telling Pam that, to, that um, even today, I continually hear these different things in the spirit that, um, you know, are, are oppositionary thoughts, I guess you could say, from the enemy. And I think it's really important uh, for us to remember that when the Holy Spirit begins to show us how the enemy is positioned on the earth, it's not for a scare tactic, it's for the ability to not only help ourselves, which we first have to do, but to help other people. You know, I'm not going to be able to come to your house and live your life and teach you how to war well, but you are in a war. And I just feel like education is the answer. Spiritual education is the answer. And so I don't know, you know, how your week's been going since we talked about this last week, but there's been all kinds of things happen. Um, and some of it is hard. Some of it is really powerful. And, and we bow constantly to the things of the enemy that he suggests. And I'm really wanting to empower you to stop bowing because it's a waste of time. Yes. <laughs> you good with that? Oh, um, I first want to just jump on the, we talked about the uh, Jezebel spirit last week. Now, how many know the story of Ahab and Jezebel? It's a good story for you to read about. I want to give you some different angles towards it, but I wanted to talk about the Ahab spirit tonight. Um, now, the Ahab spirit is... I have never seen it. I see it all the time because Jezebel's spirit's one that comes against me and there's always an Ahab around. You know what's so frustrating about partnering with that spirit is the Ahab spirit, the Ahab actually has the authority, but it actually gives up their authority to um, bow to something because, and, and I want to read a little bit about it. Okay, can I do that? It says, a man who has an Ahab spirit has a distorted concept of his own authority. He normally blames others, usually if he's married, his wife, and he justifies himself 
and usually they're usually um, passive and they usually judge a lot and they usually have the um, religious spirit. So you can see that combination is a beautiful package, isn't it? They lean on their wife, but they don't take any personal authority. They kind of tend to be like a mama's boy attitude. Uh, they're normally irresponsibility and they relinquish authority over their own house. And you can see it really clearly because the one thing that we can rest assured is that we have the ability to manage our own life personally. Now, this isn't, this isn't, none of these spirits are human, but they just attach themselves to a viable candidate. Okay. Um, how many know that you were raised in a house where there was a, male figure that had the Ahab spirit. Okay. So knowing that, then you were trained to bow to it. You're trained to do something with it. And, and so it's, it, it can be hard for guys to overcome it. I, I propose this spirit is in operation a lot where we have, um, you know, dad deficiencies and all. And, and remember that um, without the knowledge of the Word of God, we're all poor at being whatever we created. I mean, we just are because, yeah. you know, without the Word, without the truth. Yeah. And the, the greatest thing about the Ahab spirit is that it teaches you or it, it suggests to you. Remember I talked about it, it's a suggester. It suggests really low-lying activity and then it makes you feel guilty for the results of it. Right. How many yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it says they're weak and usually childish. They pout a lot. They throw temper tantrums um, and they're spoiled. It says a woman can also become an Ahab and have that spirit attached to her, especially if she's married to a man with a Jezebel spirit. Fearing a loss of financial security, she may become passive and surrender her authority and dignity in God to a controlling man. Anybody raised in a house where that woman did that? Beautiful. Whether male or female, how many don't want to raise your hands at all tonight? That's okay. <laughs> We're so serious for a minute. Whether male or female, those who have an Ahab spirit refuse to take their rightful place in God's call. So we'll read on, shall we? An Ahab passive wife often is afraid to stand up to or disagree with her husband, so she blames herself for the way things are, telling herself that everything is her fault. Her dominating husband, who is spiritually weak and lacks the heart of a servant, intimidates her with his size and projected male, male hierarchy. He's not a leader, but a dictator. She may capulate to the passivity and stay in the marriage merely out of fear or financial security. Also, a woman with Ahab tendencies is, is sincere and wants strength, but she often will end up following a man who seems sensitive but turns out to be a manipulator. Such a wife ends up being offended by her husband. <laughs> Duck. <laughs> 
some in this room because he <laughs> because he does not want to lead her well or protect her and she feels unloved and rather than making healthy assertive choices such as insisting on help whatever way that is she eventually may lose her self-esteem and shut down so wow isn't it so that's Ahab's spirit in a quick nutshell. Now remember, um, gosh, I'm not using my computer, so um, give me a second. Come here, Cece. Where is the rest? Of, <laughs> where is the rest of my stuff in this notebook? Um, ah, beautiful. Thank you. Her, her computer's set up different than mine. I'm messing it up right now, so I just want to say I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> Y'all have no idea how much I rely on my computer, so I'm almost in a... Let's go back to last week where we were talking about the Jezebel spirit. Um, somewhere... So remember, the Jezebel spirit has that need to be right. So can you see how the Ahab spirit would operate with that spirit? Now, this isn't personality related, but I will say personalities don't help it. You know, especially if whichever side you're on. So if you're an extrovert and you're operating with a Jezebel spirit, then you've learned to be really manipulative. And if you're in relationship with that and you're passive, you're an introvert, then you've learned to look the other way on so many occasions. And remember that our authority is a gift given to us by God, right? And all of these instances have to do with misplaced authority. And see, if we're not careful, when we have misplaced authority, we'll do something that we put in the category of good, or I see this a lot with parents, well, they'll make parenting choices that are not teaching their children to choose. And when we do that, we, be, we then step into the role of, of operating under the controlling spirit. And the controlling spirit says, let's create a bunch of things, create a bunch of rules to what? To keep our personal fear at bay. That's why a lot of times we're parented that way. A lot of times we're in churches that way. And a lot of times our bosses are that way, you know. And so then they, they present the world to you up front, right? And then when it comes, like in a boss situation, but then when it comes to actually fulfilling all of those obligations, they begin to wane because it, it wasn't in their heart. It's the same way with parenting is, our authority has to come from our identity as sons and daughters. So our authority can't come from wanting to keep a fear at bay. I hope you understand the difference because otherwise you'll create another law. You'll create another straitjacket. When you put your kids in straitjackets, then they will rebel. 
So, you know, it doesn't take a kid. A kid at two years old can know when you're suggesting something that is under the law versus freedom. I hear stories all the time that we can't set our kids up for that. So like in the Huff House, like I can say to Army and Abe, I can say, listen, your younger brother, Ollie, he's watching everything you do. He's He is going to mimic what you do, and he's going to twist it based on his personality. So you better be watching what you do. See, now when I say that to them, then they know that they are a leader. They know that somebody already is leading, that they're leading and following after them. And that's, it's a great ability to cause us to want to look at our actions when we realize that someone more vulnerable than us. And just think if moms and dads did that. You know, I know it's hard when we're married and we're not getting along and nothing is going like we want. And we, we, you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean? And so we, we put in all these control measures and it just doesn't yield any freedom. And so in the end, our, we're deceived. And so our connection with these spirits actually manifests itself into other things. And so tonight, saying all that, I want to talk about this, the strong man, his name, and what's his game. And I'm going to give you 16 spirits, biblical spirits, that operate in our lives and actually begin to build strongholds. Now, what's the difference between just um, something that bugs us versus a stronghold? Just a... It's continual agreement. And so... After a while, don't you hate it when you think you're hearing the Holy Spirit and you're really hearing a demonic stronghold? Don't you hate that? Don't you hate that? Don't you hate that? Don't you hate it a lot? How many have had that happen? Beautiful. So I want to try to train you, you know, to help you know there's. it's really easy to discern spirits. But if you have any agreement, so, for instance, if you said things, if you made vows like, well, I'm just, I just don't want to be alone. So, you know, anything that comes along that'll love me, you know, right? Or I don't want to be corrected. So, you know, if you correct me, you're just, you're bashing on me. You know, we've all made little vows like that, right? When you can begin to identify your own personal vows that you've made, and you're not actually living a life as a leader, you're living by all these vows. I don't want to be alone, you know, and see all these strongholds. I think you're going to recognize how easily they worm their way into your life. Now, some of these are King James words. Cece made me change a couple of them because she was like, that's too King Jamesy. So I didn't write it. So, you know, let's just try anyway, shall we? And I'll give you a handout if you need it. Um, later make it available to you the first one i I first want to say that um um tonight i want to give you the stronghold and i want to give you things you can do with it but every single one of these 16 yeah i think every single one of them are works of the flesh so where it says that's the root 
What does that mean? Let's just, that's sort of King James maybe for some of y'all. What's a work of the flesh? What does it mean? Yeah. I, it's, it's, go Colleen. It's something that I have the power to change. That's why it just does not make any sense to me. When we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us and we have the knowledge that this is something that I am just partnering with, why I wouldn't want to change it? Because it's I'm going to show you where it goes to. So the first one is the spirit of divina divination. What does that mean? I'll read it to you. Here's the manifestations of it. If you want to read it next 16 sometimes. It's fortune-telling, soothsaying. It's a Satanist. It's a warlock. It's a witch. It's a Wiccan. It's a Druid. It's pagan. It's a stargazer. It's a Zodiac. It's horoscopes. It's rebellion. It's hypnotizers. It's enchanters. It's drugs, the pharmaceutical industry. It's water witching and it's magic. So I've got 27 scriptures. I'll give it to you on the handout. So that is at work. And how does it become a stronghold? You know, Lynn used to be involved in witchcraft and she used to read tarot cards and all that. What was she looking for? What were you looking for, babe? Help us out. She's looking for power. It's always looking for power. And see, what happens is, is that when we don't have any education about this power we're experiencing, then the demonic is so good about capitalizing on that, right? And so it's very important that you be careful what you watch. You know, I just like to ask the Holy Spirit, what was the motive behind the person that made the movie? You know, um, whenever I, I had this experience with the Holy Spirit for years and years, and I, I never could really describe it. And when the movie The Shack came out, I had heard a lot of stuff about Paul Young, and I wasn't for sure about him. But, you know, my friends talked me into going, no, I'm just kidding. But I think we all went to watch it. But while I was watching it, I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit because everything that was happening in the way that they were so relational, I had been experiencing that for years and had never told anybody. And so it kind of taught me a little lesson that, you know, I kind of had a little judgment going in towards it because that's what people from the religious spirit do. We just judge right away. We don't just, we're not open to nothing. We're just not open. Because we don't want to be taken advantage of. We don't want to be just sucked in with a hook. I mean, that's just what the religious spirit does. It makes you freak out afraid that one little thing you're going to watch is going to just damn you to hell. <laughs> and we have that fear of being damned to hell. You don't want to raise your hand on that one either, I'm sure. And you knew I'd get you on that one. But see, these spirits are really easy to break when you identify them and you can see their fruit. And you just have to bind that spirit, that spirit, whatever, like if you've been into the Ouija board or if you've been into any witchcraft or any sort of Zodiac crud or any of that, you just have to say, I just break partnership and agreement with that. Why does the counterfeit, why is it able to be true sometimes? That's what messes us up. I mean, you throw enough mud, you're going to hit something eventually, right? Because the enemy was in heaven. I told you he hadn't been to a board meeting in a while though, right? 
So he doesn't know the strategy of God, but he knows some things to counterfeit. That's why we have to be careful. And as we look to it and look to what we're looking for, we're looking for something to make us make sense. We're looking for power. We're looking for something to make us make it all make sense. Anyway, if you just simply say it's a simple prayer in the name of Jesus, I just bind my agreement with X, whatever it is. And I say that I'm not going to be tied to that anymore. I break the power of that stronghold over me and I release the Holy Spirit. Right now we're talking about the gifts, so it's a beautiful thing. I Because I, see, the great thing about the Holy Spirit is He has already given us everything. If I lack anything, I just have to ask, right? Isn't it weird how little we want to ask? I mean, how many of y'all will admit that the first thing when you have a problem, you think, well, how am I going to solve this? I mean, we got to break that habit. That is so poor. It is guaranteed a runaround, a workaround, runaround, whatever. The first, your first thing, you should say, Holy Spirit. You know, Shooty, she laid some tile yesterday and she laid it wrong. And so, right when they got home, the lady sent them a picture and said, This is all wrong. Well, what did we have last night? The healing room. Why does that work on her? Why? Uh-huh. What does she care about? Uh-huh. What she's afraid of? Failing. So that's a hook for her. And so if her first response isn't, what? Holy Spirit, what are we going to do about it? I love it. She got on her phone. Pam said, wait. I like it. I like it because Pam said it in a way that made her set her phone down. Wait before you respond. What was Pam doing? See, you need to be a Pam to your own soul. I can, I can have her record some stuff if you need to. How many need Pam to see? They're all excited about that, Pam. We need somebody to be able to say, wait, hold your little ponies. You're freaking out. I mean, we may learn to not freak out on the outside because you know I'm going to talk about it up here if you do. But on the inside, what is going on inside? Right? So that's that spirit. The second one is, I like to say this word, it's the familiar spirit. And the first one is necromancer. Did you watch Lord of the Rings? Necromancer. The mediums. Yoga. Clairvoyance. Again, the pharmaceuticals. Drugs. Spiritus. The mediums, I said already. I like this one. False prophecy. So those are familiar spirits. Where is some stories about familiar spirits? Saul's a good one. The Old Testament. Does anybody know his story? Do you remember that Paul had a relationship with sorcery before he was king? But what was his first experience when he was called to be king? Y'all remember? He met up with some prophets, right? Y'all should go read about it. Don't make me tell you all the stories, right? 
And so then what happened though, when he got confronted with, he got, he actually got scolded by the prophet. I, I just, what did he do? He returned right back. Cause what was in his heart? What was in his heart? This stronghold was there. He had so much pride that he, wa- remember he said, tell the people, <laughs> they're dumb. Just tell them, tell them I'm cool. That's what he was saying. So you can see that familiar spirit. That's what happens is I was, I got familiar. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. I got familiar with it over here. I'm just playing. I got familiar with it over here. Right. Before I knew God. Right. Come on. And so then when I get in trouble over here, right, when something doesn't feel good, I may not be able to go to work the next day, something might happen because what happened, I can't be confronted with in my own soul. Pam's not confronting you. Okay, the third one is the spirit of jealousy. Now, oh, let's go back. Sorry. Sorry. Familiar spirit. All you got to do, these are real simple. Just renounce that familiar spirit. I like to identify, well, back then when I was... Blah, blah, blah. I thought that was really cool. And I did a bunch of stupid stuff. And, you know, what Lynn discovered was those same things that were counterfeits actually are now spiritual strengths. God tells her stuff all the time. He, she t- he told her all kinds of stuff about Trump and before anybody else was saying it, years before. And so you just renounce that. These are very similar Holy Spirit and His gifts, 1 Corinthians 12. That's what we're reading right now. Okay, spirit of jealousy. Now, what happens with the spirit of jealousy when it goes undealt with? I'll help you. It leads to murder. Let's just go right to the end. I know it freaked you out a little bit. It's it, the, next, the stage right before murder is revenge. Right? You got a lot of anger, you got a lot of hatred, you got a lot of cruelty, strife, competition. You got to be careful about competition. I gave it up when I was 21. You know, I know this is a controversial subject for a lot of y'all, but I didn't want competition to keep me from loving, and it was. So, you know, maybe you're really good and you can handle it, but we'll see. And envy contention and it causes division now see when this isn't an angry spirit i mean like i'm saying it's not like all the time this is under the this is right this is lying under here right under here and it's like well have you ever been around somebody and they're like hey i have a problem with that and you're like come here i'll take you under my wing i'll make you be okay you know god has standards you know, one thing that you can be assured around here is that I have a standard. And you can come in with your goodnesses and you can make me want to change my standard, but I'm not going to change my standard. And so you need to have the same thing at your house. I'm not controlling. I have a standard. This is what God said to do. He set it up this way. This is the way we're going to do it. And then everybody that comes in knows what we're going to do. Right? It's a lot of safety. So that's why there's no room for jealousy. Because we're supposed to be all on the same team. Right? If Calandra gets a new job, I got a new job. I got to pray for her like it was me. Come here real quick and tell them what you told me the other day. Come on. A baby little Calandra corner. 
She's got a little Calandra corner for us. <laughs> I let it go to sleep. I need your finger. Thank you. I'll try, keep, I'll try to just keep swirling it. Okay, so I couldn't find my shoes, so I just came anyway. Um, you know, I was telling Tisa that. No one would have known. They wouldn't have known, but <laughs> now we have to look. Those are cute feet, though. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I was saying that, you know, moving into this new position where I'm going to be leading two teams of people, it felt like I was having all this information coming at me from just like that my um, supervisor was like, it'll feel like a water hose that's on high blast and everything's coming at you, which it kind of felt like that. But it also felt like this karate kid moment of yeah. me and shoots have been, we've talked about this, been mentoring years ago. She was like, you know, it, it's what we're doing right now. It does matter and it will produce an effect. Sure, it doesn't make sense right now. It's a lot of, you know, sanding the deck, a lot of uh, wax on, wax off. And but then yesterday I had this moment where I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm fighting. I can fight. I can fight now. It was amazing because it, it wasn't like, yes, yes, yes. She knows the struggle. The struggle was real for so long, guys, where I had this feeling that like every, everything was too much. I wouldn't be able to do it. I didn't know how I would be able to do it. And it really was like yesterday, I really felt like, um, I'm like, I was made for this. Like, I was literally made to, to lead other people by his presence. And they don't even know that. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. So good. so good. So good. So, breaking those strongholds, breaking things that, you know, we've partnered with, like, like she's saying, it actually leads to this process of something else, and eventually you'll see the fruit of it. So we can break and bind the spirit of jealousy. I think that um, it's it's I've I've not experienced a lot of jealousy in my life, but I've had a lot of people jealous of me or about me or around me. Um, and so if you are someone who experiences that on a can, like it just pops up and you're um, not used to it. I mean, and you're used to it. Just try to remember that it's, it is a familiar spirit to you. Yeah. And so you have to go identify where it came in because the spirits that work on us are the ones we agree with. Yes. Yeah. Right? So what is something the spirit of jeal jealousy suggests? They're taking what's yours. What'd you say? Uh, that we deserve what they have. Yeah, we deserve what they have. So can you see how the love of God would fix that? Right. Yes. So, right? So obviously the love of God's not getting in there because yeah. we're doing all this crazy activity, right? I mean, like, and it's like it's free, <laughs> right? So there's a canopy, there's a block, right? So if you, you can't do that by yourself. Get a partner, discover why that keeps working on you, loose that. Then, like I always say, 
You'll be able to see other people when they have it. You'll be able to actually bring freedom to them. See, the worst thing you can do is when someone's jealous is to pet it. You're telling it that it's valuable to keep. Right? Have you ever done that? Anybody ever done that? All my rescuers have all done it. (laughs) Why do we do that? What are we really saying? Don't know? Mm-mm. Why? Yeah. So see, whenever someone presents, they don't say, I am so jealous. Well, I don't know. Army did. He came and told me the other day. He was I so jealous. So I won't tell on you. So, so bro, he got to go with, Anthony to get some products and this little bro didn't get to go and he felt jealous, right? So what did that, what does that tell us? So see, he has to understand that that's a celebration moment, right? I'm going to get to the spirit of poverty in a minute, but when we have the spirit of poverty, we don't think that that's a that's another spirit. So being a good mom, like she is, what'd you tell him? You're about to lose your joy. Yeah, you're about to lose your joy, right? You're about to lose your joy because that's that 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 is going to come in, and okay, um, sorry. Yeah, you're going to lose your joy because you're focusing on what he got, right? Instead of celebrating, right? That Uncle Anthony lives here now. I mean, like. It's all kinds of good things coming, right? So remember what binding is, right? What is binding? Okay. So remember, you can't, you do not have permission to bind anything on earth if it's not already bound in heaven, right? So you just can't be walking around going, I bind it, I bind it, I bind it. You got to have actual knowledge of why the Holy Spirit doesn't want it operational on earth, right? And so you have to know that. You can't just say the words. See, the enemy knows whether you have authority or not. Because, see, if you have authority when you tell him to go, he has to. But when you just have words and you have no authority, he stays. So how do we get authority again? By knowing our identity, I'm a son and I'm and a daughter. I'm in relationship with the Father, right? Don't try to get this from the law because the enemy will just see right past that, and you will be in torment. And then you know what you'll say about God: This didn't work, right? And then what are we loosing? We're loosing what is already loose in heaven. So. It's really simple if you think about how God sees things. He does want the love of God. If I knew I was loved, I can't be jealous. Right? So it's a love problem. Agreed? And so that's why it grows into these other things. Revenge and envy and spite. It just keeps growing, right? Can y'all see it? Okay. The next one is the lying spirit. Now, I was married to a guy who partnered with this spirit. He lied about everything. I don't even really know why. Lied about where he got his haircut. I did not care. He lied about everything. So when you're in relationship, it, it, it 
begins to distort reality. And when they have a lying spirit, they, they have, they have a lot of practice. So they twist your words. So you can say like, you know, um, God told me this or whatever, and they'll twist it and say, but has anybody ever had that happen at all? So that lying spirit, you have to remember that it's causing you to feel like there's not truth available. So it turns into great, it turns into strong deception. Listen, God is simple, right? I've been forgiven. I forgive. It's just a really good basics that we got to live by, right? I want to operate the way God intended his yoke. I follow him. My life is not my own. Any of those ways that I'm not doing that, it turns into superstitious stuff, religious bondages. It turns into accusation, gossip, lies. I mean, if you get into it further and further, if you or like into the word, then it ends up being you'll you'll teach something false because you'll just have this thing that you want to be. And it just goes on and on and on. So that spirit has to be identified. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. How many have ever been around someone that has a lying spirit? They just lie about everything. What does that feel like? Yeah. Lynn was married to one. <laughs> so, you know, the father of her three girls lied about everything forever there was never a time and everything was life so it was all there's nothing you can nail down to work on there's not any working on nothing so again it just keeps growing into this greater greater deception can you see that so again if you're partnering with it you can break it you have to identify where it came in what it is and then of course obviously release the spirit of truth and of course i got lots of scriptures for all this um, the next one is the perverse spirit. Um, the perverse spirit is a lot of different things. Um, it can be a broken spirit. It can be evil in actions. It can be atheist. It can be an abortion uh, spirit, child abuse. Um, your mind's filthy. Um, it can even go into doctrinal error, sex perversions, twisting of the Bible, can be chronic worrying. It can be incest, pornography, and it can be contentious. So it has a lot of different arms of it because all it's doing is it's trying to um, make us feel like, because the answer to it is obviously pureness, so it makes us feel like we need to do something else to fix ourselves. And when you try to do that, Man, it just doesn't feel like the God stuff works because you don't have enough power to fix you, right? And so when, you, when you're partnering with that, then lots of doors get open. Now, in I mean, I've heard all kinds of stories. It's not just all sexual stuff. It's all kinds of different ways. And so just remember that the answer to that is just the pureness and holiness of God. And that's, that's what God has given us. So isn't that cool? The next one is, is the spirit of arrogance or ego. Um, now, this is kind of a haughty, you know, think they're all that kind of smug, uh, prideful. They're usually idle. They're, they, um, they're kind of scornful, so they kind of get back at you in a weird way. Um, they're obstinate, stubborn. They're self-deceived. 
Uh, they're self-righteous. They reject God. Um, they usually live in rebellion of some kind. Um, and so where do you think that comes from? Maybe. Might be good insecurity. So, you know, if I if I have a personality that doesn't want to be a loser or or I've been hurt really bad, especially, you know, it's weird how the church is one of those entities where a lot of rebellion gets aimed at. You know, like I'm I'm rebelling because of the church, because somebody, it was a person at church, somebody at church, somebody did that, somebody, 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 they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have, you know, it it begins to point fingers at all these things when really if you really dissect your life and you go back, you really didn't have a foundation of truth about God. And so, of course, you hooked up with somebody else that didn't have a foundation of truth. And just because they were in a building called a church, and they probably did random things, and they probably hurt you in random ways, but they really weren't a Christian, just like you weren't. And so you just found each other in that same building. But, I mean, it could have been at Walmart, but it just happened to be church. So then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the church is the one that did it all. You know, and so you can see how that arrogance can just be like, you know, I'm going to be something beside that. So humility, being humble, contrite. What does contrite mean? Seeing your need, seeing your need. Okay, number seven. We good? Y'all good? Spirit of heaviness. Um, excessive mourning. If you know anybody stuck in grief, then um, this is really a spirit. Because guess what? The Holy Spirit is a spirit of comfort. And so comfort, I mean, a morning has a season, you know. We should do it like the Jewish people did, you know, where they just, they did it right. They put on stuff and they did it for so many days and it was over, right? Um, a lot of grief, um, usually it comes from past mistakes, um, a lot of insomnia. So what happens if you have enough insomnia? What do you do? You get help. Right? Because you're not going to not sleep. So then you're checked out again. That's And then you have a lot of self-pity. So no one can fix you or, or correct you or say anything to you because, right? Um, of course, you have rejection. Have probably have a broken heart. Um, you feel ho- a lot of hopelessness, a lot of depression and suicidal thoughts. You have a lot of inner uh, harm, turmoil. Um, and you feel dejected a lot. So that is a spirit. Okay? God did not give us that spirit. And obviously, if I bow to that spirit with my actions, as we're talking about tonight, then that spirit grows. And so we get heavier and heavier. Now, what what does the Bible say about when you're heavy? It's really hard, I know. But it's just, I just, spirit of praise comes over me in this surrendered state. Now, if you haven't practiced doing that, then it's probably heaviness probably hangs out at your house because you have to be able to do that. Now, my personal solution is to put on, it's called a garment of praise, put on that until that breaks. Right? And we don't want to because we're heavy. (laughs) So, so. There, guess what comes though after I engage in that practice? I then get joy, yes. the actual oil of joy. Yeah. How many have been able to practice that and know that that's true? So, there's our answer for heaviness, yeah. right? 
And remember, anything that has to do with suicide or depression or hopelessness, it's all demonic. None of it's from God. Fine, go to the source of why that, that's there in your house or in your heart or and, and get it out. Um, I like, you know, if, if I feel something, which isn't, is really rare at my house, but if I feel something that's in, that's come in either through, you know, all of us do a lot of counseling and, um, you know, all of us are gone a lot at night helping all of y'all. And so sometimes, you know, that, that will, the story, people's stories can begin to feel heavy because we want people to be free. Then I'll just, we'll just have to get in there and we'll just have to have a praise break. I mean, you know, we'll just have to do, so just do what you need to do in your own house. I just get in there and turn the music on and say, whoever wants to join me, just come on in. Okay, the spirit of promiscuity. She made me change that one. And I told her I can't change it because I can't say that word. So I said it. I just had to say that one time. Okay, because the word that it really was was whoredom. And see, she didn't want me to use that word. I didn't have a problem with it. So obviously that has to do with adultery. Don't raise your hand, but if you were if you were raised in a house where someone committed adultery or there was a lot of sexual stuff going on, can you turn that fan on one for me? Um, then this spirit got attached to you and you're going to have to break it. And you have to, it, it comes from uh, chronic dissatisfaction obviously it manifests in fornication or idolatry or excessive appetite or worldliness um did i say adultery and faithfulness um i like this one spirit soul or body prostitution and so that's a spirit and and because of that then it becomes an insatiable desire to gain more territory. See, that's the thing about the enemy. He is counterfeiting because God said to us as Christians to go and proclaim the good news. See, the gospel is a simple good news. What is the simple good news of the gospel? God first loved. That's the simple good news that he gave the answer, the free gift of Jesus. So, what does the enemy counterfeit? He wants to take more territory in the areas that never will satisfy. Have you noticed that? I mean, I don't know if you've, Lynn, I you like to use Lynn a lot, you know. She didn't start out being a drug dealer. She started out on the weed, right? Started out, justified the weed. And she, I love Lynn. She says, no, I am the expert that it is the gateway drug. And as long as it lives in your life, in your home, it is the gateway to all demonic activity. Come on. Agreed? Agreed? And so we can call it anything else, yeah. but that is this spirit. Yeah, right. And so when that spirit lives, and it, it, it has to get more territory. It has to be like, okay, we'll do this. And then the next thing you know, you're like, well, let's just drink a little. And the next thing you know, well, let's just watch that pornography a little bit. It just goes on and on and on and on. Those of you who have been free from it know exactly what I'm talking about. So this isn't me. This is the Holy Spirit helping you. So obviously we have to bind that spirit, find out where it came in, close that door, 
lose the spirit of just, I love just the pureness of God. What did God say he did for you? When you came into the kingdom, what did he said he made you white as snow. How does blood make something white as snow? It's the power of that blood. It's not any blood. I got a whole thing on that, but I don't have time for that. Okay, she clapped down low. Number nine. <laughs> spirit of infirmity. Now, now, you know, we're going to be doing a deliverance training soon, but I know easy, but you know, Lynn was telling me that one of the things that the little priest got, remember we said, we watched him and he had that little thing about how the demons cry when you remind them of, of what they gave up. Don't you love that? I mean, it just shows you the power. But the other thing they said is a lot of times they come in through the neck. Necromancer. There it is again. <laughs> they have a thing about the neck. Why? What? Yeah, because your head turned. Uh, uh. Now, see, if you take Ezekiel 1, maybe you just got another little picture there about, uh, uh, uh. No? Okay. I don't know. I got it. Ah. So, the spirit of infirmity, it says it's, it talks, um, it's about a bit body or spine. If you have back problems, this is a spirit. It's a spirit of infirmity. It comes in and you're back. And it begins to tell you, you know, its favorite line is, oh, you shouldn't have lifted that. Oh, you shouldn't have done it. Oh, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Your fault. Your fault. Your fault. Guess what God said? It didn't matter if it's your fault. He didn't have the healing with the asterisk except for places where it was your fault. Right? Um, frail, lame, impotent. Uh, it comes through asthma, hay fever, allergies, arthritis, weakness, lingering disorders, oppression, cancer. You get it. It's coming through these ways that there's not really a solution. Have you noticed cancer? There's no solution. I mean, right now, all of the um, uh, inflammatory diseases... You know, she worked in the inflammatory bowel disease area. All the all this stuff about everything's swollen. <laughs> Everything just gotten too swollen. All of that's just the spirit of infirmity. And really, it if you will spend some time, if you spend 30 days breaking the power of that, breaking your agreement with that, I'm telling you that spirit of life will begin to rise in you. And God is actually developing this garden in you. And every place where you're like, yeah, that hurts. Yeah, it hurts. Oh, yeah, I bet that's going to get worse. Man, I can't think what that's going to be like in a year from now. It just, that's what's going to happen. You're going to, in a year from now, you're going to be stiffer. Right? Anyway, go after it. It's what we're going after on Tuesday nights. If you have any of those, I would not miss a Tuesday night opportunity to get prayed for. Um, number 10, that deaf and dumb spirit. Have you ever just, I mean, even right now, maybe you're trying to hear me and you're just, you know, I read Ezekiel 1, you're like, I have no idea. That's a spirit. It blocks us from hearing. How many have been freed from that? So when you hear spiritual truths, only two people raise their hand. That's unfortunate. I'll pray for all y'all afterwards. But that that manifests in, you know, just mental Ill illness is its number one target. So... It begins to come in and infiltrate because what's God's job? What's he doing every day? He's working on changing your mind, renewing your mind, making it new. 
So it means it needs to be made new. That means you're a wacko thinking. You think you're thinking all kinds of wacky things. And he's like, no. Right? And so have you ever seen somebody that's really isolated and you go over to visit them and they've been watching the news and you're like, like you don't you want to say, stop watching the news like so bad. And they're just telling you these stories. And then you're just like, oh, man, you can't get in there. Right. And that's that deaf and dumb spirit. Um, it has to do with seizures and epilepsy. It has to do with um, just any kind of ear problems. You know, I have a tin, not tin, no, tinnitus, I think it's what they call it, not tendinitis. I think it's tinnitus where I have a little bit, this tiny little ringing in my ear. So I have been trying to figure out what frequency it's on because I'm just weird that way. Anyway, so guess what? I found it the other day. It's the violet, V-I-O-L-E-T, the violet frequency not the violent easy y'all got nervous there for a minute like ah no no color purple it's a color purple anyway it's and so then i realized this is because i'm royalty i hear at this higher frequency than everyone else but listen here's this weird thing if i play that this frequency they've discovered it goes away now What's really funny, like on YouTube, it says, this guy says, oh, I thought it said violent. And I got on here and I found a whole bunch of people gathering around a color because their ear is ringing. And it's just funny. I mean, it's like, that's funny. Never mind. Your ear's not ringing, so you don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay. Are y'all texting? Okay. This is your computer. It's not my computer. It's not my computer. It's not my computer. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so... Come on, stay with me. Deaf and dumb spirit, resurrection life, gifts of healing. Begin to release that, you know, because it's trying to drown you out, tear you down, make you blind, make you think something's wrong with your mind. How many have ever thought they had some form of mental illness? That is this spirit. Look at me. You do not have a mental illness. God is changing your mind. There should be some tension. Listen, if, if I was really thinking I was right and somebody came in and said, you are so wrong, there would be tension. Right? Think of all the ways God's trying to change your mind because he's trying to what? Advance you in freedom. It's for freedom. So you can trust him. So resurrection life. Um, number 11, spirit of bondage. Of course, this manifests with fears, addictions, drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, food, etc. Fear of death, captivity to Satan, servant of corruption, compulsive sin, bondage to sin. Any way the enemy can in your head. I mean, he's not walking around with, you don't have these on, right? Any way that he can present that you are bound when that's not what Jesus said, you're free. He'll just suggest it. How many have had that suggestion today? Anybody? Oh, oh. Anybody had that suggestion today? What did it say? Come on, my spirit of religion people. Come on, give it to me. You can call him. 
What does it say? I mean, what does it what does what does it say though? That you personally are all twisted up. And what happens if you're all twisted up? Then you start believing it and it all weird. Well, what, what, if it, what if that's true? What if you're all twisted up? Then I just ask the Spirit. Yeah. See, if you would just walk those things down the road, just even two steps. I mean, it doesn't take, uh, uh, and you're like, oh, that's so not true. Like, we just first believe it, and then we start doing this weird stuff. Like, yeah. I'm like, let's just walk towards it and say, well, what do you mean? Right? And it has no power. It has no truth in it. We're just freaked out, fearful over one suggestion. Can y'all try to practice that? Do you want to tell me what you heard? Yeah. So what if you're never free? What happens? Yeah. And what happens if you do this all your life? See, there's nothing else down there. It was just two, two steps, I'm telling you. Two steps and you're at the end of it. Just try it. I'm telling you, just try it. And then at that moment, what do you do? You just pray the spirit of liberty. That's why it says the spirit of adoption. He did not call us to slavery. That's what it says, right? The next one is the spirit of fear. Did I say that one already? Um, so a lot of phobias. What's a phobia? <laughs> Irrational proposals of craziness. Right? Have you ever had a phobia, anybody? What was yours? Bananas? No. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what would you do? Every time I go through an intersection, I would entertain that suggestion. Yeah, did you still go through the intersection? Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? It also comes through heart attacks, um, a lot of horror-type torment. Of course, fear of man, because they're so big and bad, right? (laughs) Nightmares. If you have nightmares, you have the spirit of fear. Terrors, anxiety, stress, fear of death, untrusting, and a lot of doubt. So remember what I said about the spirit of fear is a tool. All these spirits are, but I fear is we just don't we just wrap it all up in a big ball of fear a lot, trying to give you a little more delineation so you can kind of but remember anything that's unreasonable that keeps reoccurring, you know, that is that spirit is just trying to take you, uh, back you off. So obviously God gave us a sound mind, right? He did not give us the spirit of fear. It says it really clear. You know, f- the spirit of fear is one of those things that, that there's not a bunch of scriptures on now what you need to do. He just says, don't, do not. You know, I learned Isaiah 41.10 when I was a little bitty wee taught, fear not for I'm with you, be not dismayed for I'm your God, I will strengthen you, help you, I will uphold you the right hand of my righteousness. And that is the power in saying, I'm not going to do that thing because he's already holding me up. So when fear comes in, I tell it to go. If I don't, if I can't do that alone, then I get help, right? I don't live with it. There's no sense to live with it. Anyway, so that love, power, sound mind, 
Number 13, seducing spirits a little bit different than the other one. It's a seared conscience. See, a lot of times when we continue to partner with it and continue to partner with things, then we have no more conscience about things. It has strange attractions. Um, it can, the seducing spirit can also, it's that spirit in the Bible where they wanted Jesus to do another sign and wonder. You know, do something else, you know, fantastical to prove, you know, um, very deceiving. Um, it has a fascination with evil things. Um, and it entices people into other activity. And, you know, the enemy is so fun. He'll entice you into something like he'll make it, he'll paint it all pretty, make it look good. And then he'll make you feel so guilty for trying it. You know, he just don't play fair. Because what's he doing? He's trying to not only destroy you, and if that doesn't destroy you, he'll make you feel so bad about doing it. Yeah. Right? You got to break off those seducing spirits with the spirit of truth. Um, okay, number 14. Are y'all good? Yeah. Um, the spirit of Antichrist. Now, um, how many have known someone that's an atheist or something like that? Always remember it's a spirit. Now, I have never met anybody, and I've met atheists and agnostics and all that, that wasn't injured in that square building called the church. Right? Right? Remember, it could have been Walmart, but we called it the church, right? And so they, they are denying the power because they've been injured by what someone claimed to be that power. Do you see how it's so simple to me? Anyway, but they they go down the road a little bit. They they keep denying it, keep denying it. They always say they don't want to be hypocrites. They always use it. Well, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Like blah, blah, blah. they say that one a lot. And and if they keep going with it, they become a teacher of lawlessness, a teacher of deception. They actually recreate it more and more, and they they set up programs and projects in those those groups of people what are they called movements that's it it's a big word those movements of people trying to show right and so again it's very simple the spirit of truth first john 4 6 breaks that and so just remember that you don't want to be get into that argument with someone who has that spirit you will not win can you feel it? They're trying to get you in an argument. What's the little guys that come to the house? The, yeah, the Jehovah's Witness, and you know they're they're they they're deceived, and so but they're good at it. If you want to get in there and argue with them, they they all they're good at it, right? So don't do that. It's a waste of time. It's way you have this valuable time. You don't want to do that. They're very unteachable, um, and they. Uh, they tend to be really defensive about things about God that they actually have askewed. So does that make sense? Number 15, the spirit of poverty. Now I want to spend just a little extra time on this. This is not a binding and loosing spirit. This is the one spirit that you have the power to break through actual... Um, things specifically in the Word. Now think about it for a minute. Um, do you think that you could tell the thing that Johnny Enloe said about uh, the Spirit of Mammon on the, in just a second? Okay. 
So the spirit of poverty is at work on the in the earth right now. And but also there is the transfer of wealth that is happening right now. And so Cece in a minute is going to share with you this thing from Johnny Inlow about what God's doing in that, but let's dissect it just a little bit. It's a demonic spirit empowered by sin in the areas of giving and receiving. Right now to break it. I think I listed them there to break it. It starts with giving because what does God say? It's the one thing he said, test me to see. Now, why does the poverty spirit make us feel like we can't give? What's this number one voice? I'm not going to have enough. That's its number one voice. But yet, you know, I like for people who have that poverty spirit to join up with Lynn. How many have broken free of the poverty spirit just by having some counsel with her and now are experiencing, I know, some goodness? Um, Because the first thing that she'll set up is tithing. Now listen, my parents, my entire life, tithes. They lived in complete prosperity my whole life. They lived in health, and I promise you, it's because they never, ever failed to tithe. I have never, ever not tithed. And so if you look at my life, don't look at what I've got. Look at that I've always done that first. On my gross, not on my net. I've always, I don't chinch God out because it's the one thing that he said we can prove. And I know, and you know, Giving activates receiving, and it's the spirit of fear that comes in, or another thing you learned in a cube somewhere. You know, someone you gave some offering somewhere and they did something with it. I know a guy one time he gave some offering for a brick and they didn't put his name on it, and so he left the church because he didn't get his name on a brick. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know about that. Like, what? (laughs) Right? And so we have the do you see how that spirit of deception comes in? And so then we have to do things to break it. And you can pray over yourself. You can bind it. You can bind it, bind it, bind it, bind it. Loose it, loose it, loose it, loose it. But you'll never get free until you learn to give. So come tell them what uh, Johnny said. Here's Johnny. (laughs) Yeah, it was really interesting. It was part of a bigger teaching, but he was talking about mammon. And which, you know, in the Bible, Jesus tells the guy, um, you can't serve God and mammon at the same same time. And mammon, the way I remember it, is essentially the love of money. And so he was talking about, you know, he has the teaching on, and it's a big thing right now about the seven mountains of culture. There's the mountain of government and uh, education, arts and entertainment, on and on and on. So economy is one of those mountains. And he said that he's done this extensive research on it. And he said it's the spirit of mammon that is ruling on the mountain of economy right now. Now, right now, we're in the season of when God is overthrowing all of that off the tops of the mountain because the kingdom is being transferred back over to God's people. And so this is not something to be scared of. It's just something to be aware of. This is what God is toppling over. And because 
we humans only live so long. We have actually grown up in a society where mammon has ruled on the top of this mountain for our whole lives and probably our parents' lives and probably before the generation before that. So there's a lot of stuff I was realizing that is attached to the subject of finances and money that's just always been that way to me. That's how it was modeled for me. And so I realized that I, for example, fear and money just always went together. Fear and money, you just never separated them. Like it was never a goal of mine even to not have fear associated with money because they almost went hand in hand. And that is because the spirit of mammon has been ruling on the mountain of economy in our world. So it, and he, Johnny Enloe was talking about how much that spirit of mammon uses fear. And so even on the stock, stock market, stock market and the floor traders and all of those people, they utilize this emotional roller coaster type thing to draw you in like everything you're enticed by this big high you might get if things go really well. And you're motivated also by the fear that all the bottom's going to drop out. And so it's so prevalent and interwoven into finances is just the spirit of fear. It's, it's goes hand in hand, like I said. So simultaneously, there's been all of these prophetic voices talking about this transfer of wealth, that God is transferring the wealth out of the hands of the evil entities on earth right now into his people. Obviously, he's going to transfer the kingdom. People are going to need some wealth to run the kingdom, right? So he's transferring wealth. So all of this great, this evil is being exposed and wealth is being transferred to God's people. And so ever since I heard that, I've just been saying I'm a candidate for that. One life is a candidate for that. We are candidates to receive a transfer of wealth. Now, what I heard Johnny Enlow say is that if you are operating with any anything in partnership with that spirit of mammon, you will disqualify yourself from that transfer of wealth. And so I personally, so I heard fear. Okay. Mammon works with fear. Like I said, I had to, I was convicted that I just partnered with fear the other day and told myself I better, you know, oh gosh, I'm going to run out of money. I better you know, tighten up the purse strings a little bit. <laughs> that was a fear-based thought. It wasn't like a I better conserve or anything like that. It was totally motivated by I'm going to run out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run out. So I better stop spending. And so I was like, I am not going to disqualify myself from receiving a transfer of wealth that God is doing right now. And so it just made me really, really um, feel hyper vigilant about recognizing any fear partnership with finances in my own mind and operation. It's good. Now, it's really, really important. I've been saying it to several people to, for us to get our houses in order. You know, one of the things about um, the spirit of poverty is that it looks for a way out that's different than God's prescribed way. And, you know, a lot of y'all have testimonies in here of, you know, moving out of some of y'all extreme poverty, you know, into an abundance. But some of you are different places where you need to set your house in order. And I just encourage you, you know, Lynn is 
has an anointing um, for wealth, and but she also has an anointing to help people get their houses in order. There isn't any reason why all of her and Cheryl's counseling appointments every month shouldn't be booked up because I know a lot of y'all need to make a shift in this area. And I mean, it's a cliche statement, but at the end of the day, God, you can't really outgive God because God's abundance is waiting for you. And this life here on earth is a test to see how well that you position your heart with what God trusts you to steward. And so Eternity is going to be spent living from a place that we learned to position ourselves here on earth when we have tiny little things. And God is way bigger than the American dollar. And so all this fear-mongering going on about the economy, if you get underneath that, you're going to do that's that spirit is going to make you stingy. But if you want to guarantee that God will bless you. He says, test me. Will I not pour you out a blessing that you cannot understand? At the same time, it's very important to have wisdom. And that's why sometimes you need to have help knowing where you're at, knowing what you're spending money on. You may have to go on a budget for a while. You may not have a Cheryl that lives at your house that you know can help you understand money well. So I just encourage you, that God's given us the truth here and we can break out of this. You know, one of the weird things about this spirit is that it has an extreme position of laziness, you know, and, you know, one of the first ways I think uh, feels a great example, you know, came from extreme poverty and it's really hard to break out of that poverty, you know, but one of the things that, you know, I've really been encouraging him is just even to reach out to us, you know, we always have jobs he can do or whatever, but to actually give back, like sometimes to work for us for free. You know, I know it sounds hard, you know, when I'm the leader, but I know what is developing in him, you know, to where it's not always just a handout because, you know, he needs some money, but he's actually a friend. He's actually a son. And so that looks different. We're not going to let him go under, obviously, you know, but it just looks different when we can position our hearts in the house. You know, it's a good it's a good segue that we're going to do Gwen's Ark Project the last Saturday of June. And so think about, you know, it's just a little tiny bit of manual labor, you know, but it would really help them out a lot. And so it's a place we can invest those little bitty things like that should mean nothing to us. We should be willing to do it. And when you follow this prescribed way, that God's the true source. We've got to learn to give. We've got to learn to have hard work. We've got to have generosity that's different than giving. And we've got to be obedient to God. Then our sons and daughters will grow up in a place where they understand this generosity of the kingdom. Agreed? The last one is number 16. is the spirit of death. Um, obviously, that's the enemy's attempt on all of our lives. I've never met a person that at some point in their life didn't want to commit suicide. That spirit of death came to their house, knocked on the door. I remember I had at one time, I was uh, I was 19. I had a new Cutlass Calais. It was stone gray with that navy blue hardtop. And my boyfriend broke up with me at church. 
And so I was driving down I-40. I'll never forget it. I was crying. And all of a sudden, a policeman pulled me over. And I wasn't even speeding. And it was a woman police officer. I mean, this was back in the day when that was rare. She made me get out of her my car and come and sit with me in her car. And I know it was an angel because she said to me, I don't know what you're crying about, but is it worth losing your life? And I just got back in my little car and there was no mention of any citations or anything. And that spirit never has come to my house again. And so, you know, just take that message and realize that that's just a spirit of death. That's just a spirit of the enemy. And he just wants to come and kill and destroy. And if you say to him, I will live and not die, I will live and not die. I have a promise. I have an assignment. I have a reason to be here. I may not be doing it right now. I might be confused and I might be poor, but I am going to do my purpose. I am going to find my way and dredge my way through whatever this crap is because I'm going to do my purpose. And he cannot come to your house and break that assignment off your life. He has no power in that spirit of life you're meant to give to somebody else. And so I hope that helps you tonight. Um, I hope that you can take these spirits. I think there's some of y'all that are really, really doing excellent. You're partnering. I don't know what has happened. I guess it's just illumination of that this wasn't you all along. I don't know. Maybe you thought it was you all along or something. I mean, I don't know. But it just seems like it's given y'all a lot of momentum to target the right things. And so I am telling you, you can be free in your house. You can be free at night. You can be free in the day. Your family can be free. Your extended family can be free. Places that used to torment you, you can be free of. And it's time for us to bind together and to identify these spirits and do the things that are prescribed. I will, there's probably a hundred scriptures here that you could look up if you want to. I'll, I'll send this out tomorrow morning. Maybe if I get up. No, I'm just kidding. And, you know, my computer, and I'm just like, I don't know what I want to do. I know. Anyway, y'all pray with my computer. I'll probably get home and it'll be working just fine. My, it's my third computer. So I want to pray over us. Do you have anything you want to say? You do? Well, come on. Let me pray. Come on. Let me pray over us. And Cece's got something to say. So, Papa, I release right now just the anointing of discernment to be able to discern these spirits to be able to see their how they're operating in our lives. And I, I just pray it would be a spirit of ease and a spirit of partnership that we realize it wasn't us all along, that it was the demonic powers of hell that have come to kill and destroy our family. And we are taking back our family. And we are saying, you cannot have it. And so I break our tribe free right now to have this freedom to run with this information and to be empowered that we have the authority to use it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I just wanted to um, mention this one perspective that um, I'm actually going to borrow this from Johnny Enlow too. one little tidbit of it. But, you know, he talked about on the big scale right now, we, we talk about it here about awakening sons and daughters. And we've been talking about awakening ourselves to our own authority. And um, he likened it to what if in the traffic traffic laws, if we said, okay, we set the speed limits, but there was just nobody enforcing it. And we all just sat around and said, I can't believe they're speeding. Like, but they're like, if there were no police officers actually going and reinforcing the law, then the law would have no meaning. It would not look like the law had any impact on the world we lived in. And so 
we, we are those people. We are the police officers. Jesus already determined our authority and the laws have already been determined. So when she was talking about binding and loosing, we bind and we loose according to the laws of heaven. It's already been decided what is what legally, like heaven has a legal system, like God has a legal system that it applies to us here on earth. And so it's just a matter of somebody enforcing it of somebody being the police officer that says, that's a violation, you can't do that. And I'm going to be the one to tell you, you can't do it. I'm going to give you the citation. I'm going to take you to jail, whatever. Take away your driver's license. That's what we are being called into right now. And so the other thing that I like to remember is that before I came to One Life, and I was just a baby Christian, basically, I thought that I was a natural person, you know, I had a physical body who had a spirit. But then I learned that I'm a spiritual being who has a physical body. And that changes everything. That's a game changer. So in my old mindset, I might have heard a teaching like this and just been like, oh my gosh, there's 16 of these things out there trying to take me out. You know, I just hope I can get home without any of them landing on me. Yeah, you know, that's that's how I probably would have would have been. And that's what I think a lot of people do. They just try to sneak through life laying low, thinking that they are natural they're just a natural human body here, you know, and that's all that life is. But we are first and foremost spiritual beings. And the travesty is that we just haven't known about these things. We just haven't known the terminology. We thought that this was life. We thought that this was just what it meant to live on earth. And we've actually just not been aware of the laws of heaven that we have the right to reinforce. So all of these things, we call them spirits tonight, but we've, we actually are familiar with all of them. We just called it something more mainstream, a different terminology. We didn't call it whoredom, you know, we called it <laughs> promiscuity. I mean, we we have different names for all this stuff, right? I just couldn't, I couldn't do that one. If I had more time, I would have suggested more words be changed, but I only got a moment's notice. So just saying, I would have, I would have asked for the message version instead of the King James. But anyways, every now and then you've got to hear some King James. So all to say, remember, we, the laws exist we are not living this life with an absence of laws. We are not living this life with an absence of anyone having decided already. Someone above us has already said those demonic spirits do not have a right to live inside the body of Christ. They do not have the right to torment them. They do not have the right to do that. What you do have the right to do is live filled with the spirit of truth, to be, to live in the light of God, to be, to live filled with joy. And the Bible is filled with all those laws. The Bible, it doesn't call them all laws, but it, it's filled with truth. And God's truth is the law over this world that we live in. And so everything we heard tonight is just a terminology for things that we experience as a human being. But as spiritual beings, we recognize, no, this is a supernatural war going on. And I have the right to say, you may not do this. And I have a right to bind the love of God to my heart. I have a right to say what stays in my soul. I have a right to, to bind the joy of God to my heart. I have the right to bind and legally bind the truth of God to my mind. 
I have the right to declare and say, I have a sound mind. I have the right to say, fear you have no right to be in me. There's an entire army of angels up there ready to reinforce the laws of heaven, the laws that God put in place. And we get to say when it happens. And so, Tisa, I just want to thank you for taking the time to identify all these. I, I know it's so good. It's necessary. We, I know we love the bride-like posturing and, you know, topics, but we need to know these things so that we can operate in the fullness of how we were, how we were made. So, Papa, I just want to say thank you tonight. Thank you that you have gone ahead of us. You go behind us. You are with us all the way and that you have already pre-provided the rulership and the kingship and the authority, the, the uh, courtroom of heaven is already has jurisdiction over our lives, over our bodies, over our, who we are right now and over what happens on, on the earth right now. So I thank you that you are awakening your children. You are awakening sons and daughters to rise up and say what is right and what is wrong, what will not be allowed and what must be in place and present in our lives. So I thank you. We just say, yes, we partner with you. We are here for you. We want to be a part of what you're doing on the earth right now. And it starts with us at home. And we know that we see that and we recognize it. And we will take up this mantle of authority that you've asked us to operate from. And we will do it with joy and love in our hearts. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for shining your light. Wherever your light shines, darkness must flee. So the fact that the enemy was just exposed tonight has already destined it to have to leave, to have to go and be gone from our presence. So I thank you for your light and for the power of your light and your truth. And Jesus, we thank you for your love and devotion and commitment to us. Thank you for the price that you paid, that you did the one thing that was necessary to go and retrieve that authority, to retrieve the keys back from the pit of hell for us so that we could be standing here today and operating in this truth. It was for this time. It was for such a time as this. It wasn't just a Bible story 2,000 years ago. It was for right now. You had us in mind right now when you paid that price on the cross. You had us in mind when you spent three days in the pit of hell fighting and overtaking the enemy and making him suffer and watch your, your victory. It was for this moment, and you had each one of us in mind each one of us in mind at this point in time in history when you did that. So I thank you, Jesus. And we say we will not forget and we will not take it lightly what you've done for us. So thank you for empowering us to live out this word in the coming days. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to seal it up nice and safe and tight and let it not escape from our minds or our hearts in any way. We love you. We love you. We love you. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, that we pray always. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.